Hey y'all, and welcome back to Uplift Fit Nutrition Radio. I'm your host, Lacey Dunn, senior dietetic student and future registered dietitian, here to spread the scientific knowledge in the worlds of fitness and nutrition. Today, we are going to learn about a very important topic, amonorrhea, so let's explore it right now. Thank you guys so much again for joining me today to learn about amonorrhea. So, what is amonorrhea? Amonorrhea is loss of the menstrual cycle, and there are various different types of amonorrhea. You have primary, secondary, so um, we're going to go into these different types along with the potential causes of amonorrhea, the complications, and the ways that clinicians and um RDs are able to help prevent and treat amonorrhea. So primary amonorrhea is seen in younger girls, normally the ages of 15 to 16, that do not develop their menstrual cycle. Then secondary amonorrhea is seen in women that have developed their menstrual cycle, but they have lost it for an extent of time, such as three months or six months. Amonorrhea is most prevalent in the industry with athletes. So you see it a lot in gymnasts. You see it a lot with ballerinas, with any sports that have um, a lot of stress on the body and that force these athletes to maintain a certain amount of leanness. Now there are a variety of factors that can play into amonorrhea, such as inadequate dietary intake, um, excessive physical activity, stress, genetics, and even abnormalities in your pituitary glands or various different hormones. But um, the most seen cause of amonorrhea is lack of energy intake. So when there is inadequate daily energy intake for the body, there is a result of physiological consequences due to this energy deficiency that can include a different amount of metabolic and hormonal alterations that can both suppress your hormones and cause menstrual disturbances. So amonorrhea from a lack of energy intake or associated with stress, physical activity, um, this is known as hypothalamic amonorrhea and it causes a multitude of different health problems but the biggest one would be low bone mass so the low bone mass in this scenario is what can contribute to osteoporosis and high increase of fractures in these individuals so specifically IGF-1 is an important factor for bone formation and this is seen to be low in athletes and people with amonorrhea and also people with intense physical stress and this energy imbalance it causes activation of the HBA axis and induces high cortisol levels which both affect bone metabolism and Um, your body's degradation of the protein. So amonorrhea does more than just stop the menstrual cycle. It causes decreased bone mineral density, which leads to injury, osteoporosis, and changes in even blood plasma lipoproteins. So a lot of studies show a high increase in both LDL and total cholesterol in people with amonorrhea. And of course, amonorrhea can also cause infertility issues. So this poses a problem for people who think, oh, you know, 
this is just right now I don't have my menstrual cycle but don't realize that later on in life they potentially may have trouble conceiving a child. So amenorrhea is not just caused by an energy balance or stress or increased physical activity. It also is caused by genetic mutations, um, pituitary gland disorders, tumors, cysts. It's caused by radiation and chemotherapy and um, post-traumatic stress disorders, surgeries, eating disorders, stress, um, certain drugs, or even your birth control. It's caused by thyroid issues and um, just a variety of different things. Even PCOS causes um, amenorrhea. So there's various different factors and various different types of amenorrhea based on what causes it, but I'm just going to go into specific little effects overall and an overall treatment goal for amenorrhea. So the biggest changes due to amenorrhea would be reduced metabolism, reduced bone mineral density, and the effects on your lipoprotein levels and your hormones. And these can be negated. The lipoprotein levels have been seen to be negated, but um, unfortunately the bone mineral density effects are most likely not able to be overcome and this has been seen in various different studies and throughout my research that I did for this podcast it was shown that a lot of people though they were able to change the effects based on their hormones and get their menstrual cycle back a lot of them were not able to regain that bone mineral density that they lost so but there are girls and ladies who were able to cause an increase in bone mineral density using resistance and weight training. So that is an awesome find, but in regards to not doing any resistance training exercise and just doing a um, specific diet intervention, there were no changes in bone mineral density. So in diagnosis of the origins of of amenorrhea, it's important to have a full blood panel work done, which will measure things like FSH, LH, prolactin, SH, and free T4. And this is needed for sufficient information to rule out organic causes of amenorrhea, such as ovarian insufficiency, hyperprolactinemia, and certain thyroid dysfunctions. So amenorrhea is not just caused by the decreased energy balance in the body it is also caused by a variety of real conditions so you guys may know of leptin leptin is what regulates the energy balance and it's kind of like the energy switch of your body the thermostat that tells your body if you are in a negative or positive energy balance it was really interesting to see that leptin has been considered a link between adipocyte and the reproductive system so saying it plays a role in the metabolic interaction between body fat and reproductive function so this based on research I saw it suggests a critical level of leptin is required for maturation and maintenance of the menstrual cycle which then posed a question to me regarding if refeeds could potentially be used and different methods of dieting can be used to help eliminate eliminate amenorrhea from happening with low calorie diets and in contest prep type of diets. Um, very interesting. I know physicians don't like to use um, 
free testosterone, progesterone, estradiol, estrogen. They don't like to use um, pharmaceutical drugs in the treatment of amenorrhea just because it can cause even more potential issues and um, those drugs should be specifically used for um, treating pituitary gland or hormone functions and not just due to energy balance. But it would be really interesting to see how the effect of leptin um, injections would help or cause or be a treatment for amenorrhea. So now I wanted to dive into how to restore the menstrual cycle. And what I'm specifically talking about here is how you can restore it in regards to um, when you have amenorrhea based on low um, low caloric intake or high energy expenditure or even stress. So I'm not talking about how to regain it from a balance of hormones or different renal functions. In looking at the literature, it seems it seems that increased energy intake is specifically the best way and method for restoration of regular menstrual cycles. And um, Native et al. and De Souza indicated that increased energy availability and not weight gain alone is the most important factor for restoration. And it also suggests that um, secretion of LH depends on energy availability, which is also confirmed in a different paper that was in this um, review. Uh, restoration may take way longer than one year, and it definitely is different per person, but it is shown that increased in energy intake and weight gain, so an increase in BMI is present with restoration. Um, in regards to restoration, it's also important to reduce training volume, which can restore energy balance in the system. Um, there, It's sad there are no changes in bone mineral density upon restoration um, and upon of getting rid of the amenorrhea. However, like I said, there was a study done on weightlifters and resistance exercise, which shows there's a positive effect on bone mineral density when doing weight training. The use of oral contraceptives and advanced hormone therapy is not specifically wanted by clinicians. Um, it's definitely a nutritional intervention that is wanted to start in restoration of the energy balance. So overall, Big picture, restore a monorrhea, you have to make sure that you have and you set a period of time for increased energy intake and increased weight gain. So for stress-induced monorrhea, the biggest thing would be decreasing those stress levels and decreasing cortisol levels. Um, in regards to treatment for pituitary, thyroid, um, ovarian cysts, tumors, all of that has way different consequences and different treatment plans. So I'm not going to dive into those because one, I am not knowledgeable about them. And two, they just, you would need to make sure that you went to see a qualified individual. And anybody who has amenorrhea needs to know that you need to make sure that you have a registered dietitian and OBGYN on board and you're not self-diagnosing yourself and not trying to treat this yourself. It's really something that is super important to have a qualified health professional to help you through. So for restoration, I know I said that there needs to be a positive energy balance and 
Unfortunately, there's not a lot of research on how to have a specific energy balance and what macronutrients are best for restoration. But that being said, we all know in the literature, the science says fat plays a huge role in hormone synthesis and protein actually does as well. So my biggest suggestions are are that fat and protein are the most important nutrients to make sure that you have enough of. And specifically fat, you it is seen that a higher fat diet promotes better hormone regulation. So when looking to do an energy surplus, you are looking at making sure you get your daily protein needs in and that you have a good high fat diet of good essential natural healthy fats to help with that hormone regulation of course that doesn't mean that carbs are bad and are not going to help no carbs are essential for everyday life carbs are amazing carbs are delicious I'm just saying for hormone regulation specifically fats would be the best method for that calorie surplus So I also wanted to hit on the fact there was a systematic review published in 2008 that looked at various amount of studies that looked at pharmaceutical treatment plans on bone mineral density. And sadly, there was not any clinical effects on bone mineral density. So this is just another important thing to tackle monorrhea when it happens and make sure that nothing leads to loss of bone mineral density. Other than osteoporosis, amenorrhea, it is seen in approximately 10% of women evaluated with it that they actually are found to have premature ovarian failure. So premature ovarian failure is in early menopause, before menopause, the ovaries don't produce normal amounts of the hormone estrogen and don't release eggs regularly. And this does not mean that somebody is never going to be able to have children. There are possible treatment plans to make pregnancy happen. It is just another condition that can occur due to amenorrhea. There's also limited data, but there is data that amenorrhea later in life upon restoration can increase the risk of fetal loss and small for gestation babies. It is also seen that women are at a higher risk for preterm labor delivery and for C-sections. So to sum it all up, how to fix extra exercise-induced or energy-restriction-induced amenorrhea is to create that positive energy balance, promote weight gain, and to reduce training volume. Um, It is seen that specifically reducing training volume isn't a key factor and that the the biggest factor is that energy surplus, but that is just another tool and method you could use to help promote that. It is actually very interesting in Sigma Nutrition, there was a podcast done where the lady talked about any um, food group category that is restricted can also play a role into restoring the menstrual cycle. So she said making sure that everybody gets a balance of all food groups is essential. Actually, that podcast that I just talked about was um, Iraqi Nutrition. So scratch that, Iraqi Nutrition had that data. Okay, so I'm going to cut this podcast off here. I hope that you guys learned something, that it was helpful. And if you struggle with a monorrhea, I hope and pray that you get that sorted out, that you go see a qualified individual OBGYN registered dietitian to be able to restore your menstrual cycle. So I'm going to cut it off here. I'm going to include all of the research and links I did 
for this podcast for you guys in the description. I hope it's helpful that if you want to learn more, you do so. And as always, feel free to email me for help. My email is fitandfaith at gmail.com. And I'm happy to answer any questions that you have in my scope of practice. I also wanted to mention, if nobody knew, that I finally got my dietetic internship match, and I'm super excited. I'm going to be moving to Texas Women's University in August to complete my master's in clinical. Um, well, it's in it's a master's of science in nutrition, but it's going to be a clinical focus for my internship. So I'm super, super, super excited. I'm just I love nutrition. I love learning. So I'm pumped and ready to keep on learning. Make sure you guys follow me on Instagram at Faith and Fit. You tweet me at Lacey A. Dunn and you check out my YouTube channel where I also include a bunch of nutrition and exercise tips and workouts. I hope you guys have a fabulous day and thank you for joining me on Uplift Fit Nutrition Radio.